Please be advised, the following podcast may contain opinions, advice, or other suggestive content regarding mental health, and as we are not experts, should be treated as discretionary. Please consult with a medical professional if you are struggling with mental health issues. Alternatively, if you are experiencing a mental health emergency, please dial 988 or go to your nearest emergency room. episode is brought to you by kevin eating a donut and uh he fasted for the entire day and now he's shoving a donut down his mouth before we record this episode on personality types you guys can probably hear me chewing this donut is from holy grail donuts it's just another day of shooting the breeze here in the world of luminosity i'm really enjoying this donut i haven't eaten anything all day I ended up having McDonald's at like one in the morning last night because I didn't eat dinner and I I have not had time for meals lately and I'm trying to change that. So if that's something that is something positive I could do for my mental health, I definitely want to do that because I used to make time for meals and now I don't. I don't know what happened. There's also something valuable in, in eating when you're hungry as opposed to having food time scheduled. Yeah, it's different, right? <coughs> yes. God bless you. In the pollen. Oh, one more, and I'll give you twenty dollars. Now, okay. Now I can't even sneeze. Actually, you know what? So, on the set of Bunked, fun fact for you, Bunked fans, our one of our, I guess we didn't really have a house director, but the the man who directed our pilot, his name is Bob Coher, and um, he was a house director for you know like anger management with Charlie Sheen, and he always joked that he was a recovering actor, and so he pivoted to directing um but he had he's been directing multicam for years and we had this rule on set that whenever he was directing an episode if someone sneezed three times in a row you would get twenty dollars i love that isn't that awesome that's really awesome it's a nice deal to have yeah it happened more often than you'd think and it was anyone on set it didn't even have to be an actor it could be like i remember james our special effects guy um, he sneezed three times, got twenty bucks, and then there yeah, was exactly. also a rule that got upset. Mm-hmm. And there was also, sorry, just finishing this donut. There was also a rule that if if he called you by your character's name as opposed to your real name in between takes, right, or or at any point, then he would also give you twenty dollars. Interesting. So would, even if we were like shooting a scene. You know, some directors wouldn't care to be like, hey, Kevin, can you uh, move two inches to the left so I can get you an A camera here? Like, but he, he cared about that. So if, if he was like, Xander, uh, move two inches to the left, he'd be like, oh, shit. Sorry for my language. $20. You get $20. Oh, so, fun fact. I love that fun bunk fact. This is episode eight of the luminosity podcast kevin and i took personality tests as as you would call it and Mm -hmm. as he chews on his amazingly glazed donut from his local shop that he loves it's my second one now listener this is the 30 seconds since i was last talking to you i've now grabbed a second donut so while he's chewing on that there are many aspects to personality types that i know all of us are curious about And if you clicked on this episode, thank you for joining us. 
Kevin and I are very excited uh, to share with you not only what personality types are, what they look like, uh, but more importantly, the test that we took, which will also be linked below, which I had to ask Kevin for right before this recording. And uh, you can take it for yourself. So as we explain to you uh, what we found about our personality types and the things we discovered with our results that we got uh, out of this test, uh, you could also take it for yourself. But I, I really believe, and we can even start here, Kevin, that when does when discussing personality types, I think a lot of people relate it to like schizophrenia, bipolar, blah, 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 all the negative things. But I think it's really cool and positive to identify what your personality type or what your personality even looks like in different situations. And, and that's why we wanted to do this episode with you guys. Yeah, the cool thing about the 16 personality types in the Myers-Briggs. Sorry, I'm still finishing on this tone. <laughs> All right, we're going to be done with the donut talk, I promise. Um, it's like mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> mukbang is like the weirdest thing, bro. I just want to put that out there. I don't even know I what don't get it. Is. Okay, we're going to have to... There's definitely a mental health-related conversation to be had there. Um, it's like where... It's where um, these people, these YouTubers, you know, like these ASM artists or whatever, uh -huh. and... And they'll chew their food into the microphone and film themselves eating. Oh, that's right. With the snack crackle pop people too. And yes. Like, and it's the, really yeah. strange, man. It's entertaining I though. I don't know. Okay. So I have thoughts about it that it, it, my, the psychology behind it and what I believe is that it is meant to soothe anxiety related to eating disorders, people struggling with eating disorders. And if I it would works think for it's them, meant to soothe any anxiety. Anytime I hear, Something because it's something to focus on, and then you can like look at it and listen, observe, and then you're like, Holy shiz, I cannot believe I spent that much time watching right. someone eat a banana and chew on it. Maybe, maybe it, it, it's just, I don't know, I, I have trouble getting behind it. I always thought it was a, a bit bizarre, and I will admit I'm being a bit judgmental here. Um, but I, I do think there's a deeper psychology, um that it, it might have something to do with eating disorders. I could I totally be totally agree. wrong, but you know, I just want to put that out there because um, that could be a conversation that we have at a later episode. But anyway, what I was saying, the cool thing about the Myers-Briggs personality types is that these 16 personality types are in, uh, meant to encompass all kinds of different traits, you know, not just the traits of like someone struggling with a mental health disorder, as you put it, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia. These are meant as just a general sort of uh, you know, uh, classification of what any given person's personality traits would look like. For instance, are they quiet? Are they, um, you know, uh, energetic? Are they, do they entertain people in social settings? It, it just depends on what you test for. Um, but they're, they're meant to be very generalized uh, sort of personality types. And I wanted to get into uh, kind of to piggyback, to piggyback off of that, what are called the aspects Mm. So there are, from my understanding, four aspects, um, five, actually, my mistake, five aspects that make up um, these personality types. So when you, you test for them on the 16 personalities website, that's 16personalities.com website, um, when, you, when you test for them, it, it will show you these different aspects. So they are mind, energy, nature, tactics and identity. So I thought we could start with mind. And everyone who tests for one of these personalities on the website is going to test for 
being either introverted or extroverted. Hmm. And remember, it's not so black and white. The way that the website spits out the results is that you could be, say, for instance, 60% introverted or 55% extroverted. Mm. So it's it's meant to be sort of like a a scale of, of where you fall. Right. And I think a lot of times, too, we think about mind. I don't think about a personality trait for introverted or extroverted. That's interesting. And we'll get into the rest of this, too. As Kevin had mentioned, these other categories you wouldn't necessarily relate the trait to. Um, I mean, I love the, you know, the difference between introverted and extroverted simply because Kevin and I are very different in that regard. Uh, uh, and, and is why I believe our friendship works to our, you know, we've always talked about relationships, but introverted versus extroverted. I mean, listen, I firmly stand by this, that, you know, how you grow up and how you want to interact in society definitely allows you to play an introverted or extroverted role. But as I was answering these questions, I mean, listen, I think it's a 50-50 split depending on where you're at in your life and your professional life or where, you know, certain social settings. Like there was a question on there about when you're in a crowded room, uh, sorry, what type of environments do you look for? Do you look for like the big busy places or do you look for places that are quiet, peaceful and calm? And I was like, well, as an extrovert, you'd think I would want to go to a very busy environment with a lot of people so I can go talk to everybody. But realistically, I only when I socialize and Kevin knows this, I only want to go places where I know someone or that's super quiet and peaceful and calm. And so that when then, I first met you, I would have guessed that you would have gone for like the big social circles and, and because you are a bit of an extrovert. Right. So I, I would have guessed that. But it, it, it is interesting how that, mm. that wasn't the case for you. But I think I've heard this from a lot of people too. And if you're listening, you probably feel the same way. As an extrovert, you also have to have your little vices of introversion in which you can create your own peaceful, calm settings. And I think that extroverts, as much as we like to be in those settings, I think it's the opposite. We like to create those settings. So I have no problem creating a birthday party for 150 people and then the next day, making sure that the first six hours of my day are by myself in Malibu with nobody around, you know? And I think that nowadays, Kevin, what do you think on this idea that like there's introverted extroverts, extroverted introverts? I think it's a spectrum, which is why everybody should take this test and kind of identify like how you're answering questions and why. Exactly. It is a spectrum. And I think that's spectrum is the is a good word for what I was trying to say about, you know, the scale earlier. Um to that end, like an introverted extrovert and an extroverted introvert, I would classify myself as an extroverted introvert. Hmm. I, I'm not. How would you classify yourself? Uh, an introverted extrovert. That See, that would make sense, right? Because the extrovert is sort of what you are, but you have qualities of an introvert. That's right. Meaning you're an introverted extrovert. So that would make sense. Yeah. Um, but I agree with all of that. And look, this spectrum is consistent through all of these aspects that we're, we're going to talk about here. So obviously, we, we were just talking about mind and how that spectrum is introverted versus extroverted. I want to mm. move on to energy. So this is an interesting one because I want to get your opinion on what it means to you. Or, you know, do you have an opinion of, of, of what observant versus intuitive might mean to you mm. again with the topics to the traits i don't get it i mean mind you would think mind would be more connected to energy i don't know anyway 
whatever this personality types test is, I'm just glad we took it because now these are we're bringing up so many great points about how we identify certain traits and ourselves and our types, right? And we'll continue to talk about this over the next, you know, so so many minutes. But when I think of energy, I think of how we interact with people and how we kind of relate ourselves to society. I would never think that being observant or intuitive had anything to do with that, but I guess it does, totally, right? So totally in being observant, I mean, I would understand that as listen, you, you, you're observing a room or you're observing a situation or you're observing yourself at the house. And then intuition is, I've always related that to the gut and the heart for some reason. I actually just saw something on my phone and it said, follow your intuition right before we hit this record button. I have little quotes that pop up every hour. And I really believe when you follow your intuition, like everything else follows behind that. So I would believe that you're going to create a positive energy flow uh, if you can remain consistent with your observations, yet also follow your intuition on those observations. That's where I think the two are. But I don't know why there's, I don't see a difference between the two or why they were kind of sitting in that versus bucket, like introverted versus extroverted. You know what would make more sense to me? Because I get what you're saying. It would make more sense to me if, it seems here they're talking about energy being either internalized versus externalized. Like when I think of observant, I think of observing other people. Like I'm externalizing mm, yeah. this sort of energy towards you know my surroundings. Whereas intuitive, I'm leaning more on what you said, my intuition, which seems more like I'm internalizing. Okay. So and and I think that's different than introverted versus extroverted because that has to do more with the context of interaction within a social setting. Mm. But internalizing versus externalizing seems more to me like it could work in the sort of like this energy aspect because you're you're dealing with uh, as it relates to yourself as opposed to other people. And that's maybe where it's different than mind. Does that make sense? Very well said. And doesn't it then bring up the question of whether or not you know how to navigate your energy? When I think of energy, I just think of like you wake up and you have low energy, high energy and it either gets given or taken from you throughout the days. And there's nothing, I mean, that's kind of how the world we're living in. Do you know what I mean? And a lot of times, I mean, I just, I really believe that you can either get the energy sucked out of you throughout the day, right? Taking meetings, doing stuff you don't like, talking to people you don't really care to be around, uh, or you can give the energy if you so, so, so please, uh, but you would want to do so in the right places. Therefore, it makes sense that being observant or intuitive, you kind of have to trust those two things alone in order to make the right decisions as to where you're putting your energy throughout the days. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm looking here too at the next one, which is nature. And it talks about thinking versus feeling. And I'm again, I'm kind of running into the same dilemma you know, that you brought up, which it feels, which is that it feels a lot like the previous one, right? Or that it should fall into the category of the previous one, like thinking versus feeling. Isn't that kind of what we're talking about here? Like what, what with you said, which is giving energy, taking energy. I don't know. They seem kind of similar to me. So I'm curious to know what you think thinking versus feeling mm. is. I mean, when I think of nature, what they always used to say nature versus nurture, right? Yeah. And I, I, I thoroughly believe in that. It's kind of how we interact as human beings anyway. But when you, sure, nature is the category. Maybe it's just like the nature of the human 
body or experience, but thinking versus feeling. I mean, listen, you think that like there's a split difference. I get this one more than anything. The observant versus intuition kind of. Yeah. I mean, there's a, definitely a difference there uh, as to why they're paired. Not really sure. But this thinking versus feeling. So I was just watching an Instagram video earlier today. It's funny how like the cell phone I was trying to get away from today, yet it added so much value to this conversation now that I'm bringing this stuff up. But I was on Instagram and I had looked at a video of a guy crying his freaking face off at a wedding. And I'm not a fan of weddings. I mean, I'll, I'll be the first to say like, I've actually dismissed myself from weddings. I'll go to you and Calvi's like it's, I'm very selective of weddings I go to anyway. So I'm watching this video and he's crying. And then, then I start crying and then I start sending it to friends on Instagram. Cause it's just so emotionally. Oh, I just, I felt, do you know what I mean? But it's interesting how I was out of my head when I was on Instagram. I don't typically scroll, but I love going to my Discover page and clicking on random photos and videos of things I've never seen before or an inspiring JLo clip from her latest interview on set. You know what I mean? There was an element of like, I felt this and I was so disconnected from my mind when feeling that. And it was really cool, actually. This is about an hour ago, you know, and and... I just, I felt, I cried with, with the video and I felt so good after I watched the video. It was so beautiful, you know? I love that you, I love that you don't love weddings. No, How does that do you want to, do you want to go down the rabbit hole? So a little bit, thing. I, I, first of all, well, I want to clarify too, Kelby and I are not getting married, at least not yet. I I haven't got gotten that far uh, in our relationship. Right, but I'm just saying there's only one so many day. people's weddings I would go to. But yeah, I just, yeah, but okay, actually this is great. That. Let's pause on the we have two more that we'll hit I, and yeah, we'll go yeah, into yeah. personality tips. But I there is something in my brain and given my experience. So my parents had a very simple wedding. If we want to take it all the way back to that, they got married, they signed their papers. My mom was Japanese and she was dismissed from her family for marrying an American uh Air Force professional and my dad's family didn't care to didn't care that he married a Japanese woman therefore they were like yeah like whatever do your own thing I come from a very simple family even my brother and his fiance who's my best friend planned to do a very simple wedding and so when I watch our society around the world it's not just Americans when I watch our society go into like wedding mode and stressing years in advance for something that's like a day, I can't handle it. And I just like, for me, at least I've been invited. I've uninvited myself. I've, you know, not sent RSVPs in. I've had plenty of friends get married. And to this day, I can count on the, like, I can build you a list of people who've sent me invitations and friends that got engaged to people who I knew they were going to get, you know, it's just, it became so overwhelming that I was like, listen, I will always send you a gift and I will always tell you how much you mean to me, but I just think weddings are overrated. Man, such a pessimist, Justin. No, I'm <laughs> such an optimist. Weddings are the no, one I know, thing I in life that I just... Justin's just like, I hate that there, people I, are so joyous at this, spending no, the rest of their lives together. here's what I'm saying. I really I'm, believe, I don't want to support it. <laughs> I have a buddy right now struggling, like literally seems like he doesn't even want to get married anymore because the wedding is so stressful. Yeah. And so no, it's, me, it's I, an industry, man. It's an industry. That's correct. And it's is, totally right? fine. I just don't really, at this point in my life, I mean. I'm with you. You know, I've been to some weddings, but the only weddings I've been to have been the ones that are like, hey, come as you are. 
however you want to dress up. We're just here to have a good time and we'll see you at the seats. And I think here's what I'm saying. They're overrated because there's too much going on. And even if I'm a guest to a wedding, yeah, I have something against them, actually, now that I want to admit it. (laughs) I really have something against weddings. I can't stand the whole idea of it. You bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I really, it's the one thing. It's like weddings and dogs. I just can't really, I don't do it. Oh, come on. Not dogs, too. Yeah, but Rigsby's is cute. Listen, I would love to Rigsby? rent. Wrigley, would, bro. How about this? I would like to rent you a guys, dog, listener, and I would like to rent Justin a doesn't spouse. Even, I don't really Justin want doesn't, one. Justin doesn't even know my dog's name after all this time. Rigsby. Wrigley. Okay, it's about the same thing. Change the last oh two Oh, my letters. God. Rigsley. You are just on one today, man. No, listen. Here's the thing. I think I called him Rigby yesterday too. <laughs> what is Rigby like? A no, rugby? you call him Riggs. That's what it is. So that's I, right. That's right. Okay. It's like I can't I, even remember. Can I even yeah. remember the name of the donut company you were chewing on an hour ago? Probably not. No, Kevin. All I'm saying, pretty, pretty and bad. friends listening, we all have something we don't care for. I don't care for weddings. How about that? That's that's fair. And I, to be honest, I'm kind of with you on that because I I would always I've always told myself and I. Like if I got married, I I would not have a big wedding. I would keep it very, very intimate. I think you know. I love intimate settings anyway, which goes to personality yeah. types for both you and I. I like yeah, a one on one or a very small group that I really care about. That goes. That actually is in line with what I tested for in my personality test. Okay, so obviously, like fun shenanigans about weddings aside, <laughs> um, back to uh, thinking versus feeling. I mean, you kind of made some good points. I feel like we can move on, right? Yeah, unless you have points. I'll just say this. Nature, I don't, I'm I'm struggling to figure out how that relates to thinking versus feeling. And maybe I'll be enlightened when we read through it a little bit more. Um, but obviously, I know what thinking is, means kind of, you know, you're, you're thinking self-explanatory versus feeling so I, I would assume it's almost like logic versus emotional mind maybe that's a better way of putting it and i think that's what they're trying to get at which is are you more logical or emotional maybe that that, that kind of works a little bit more in my my brain to phrase i could see that being a thing for sure i think simply put i mean you think and you feel and i think it's important for us to identify here today that there's a there's a split difference and so I think there's yes. moments in your day and in your life where you can think, right, critically. I mean, and we'll get to that in a moment with tactics and identity. It's like you do need moments in your life when you're thinking critically or you are thinking about solving a problem or thinking about a certain thing that's going on in your life and whatever, right? That's that's very much part of mental health. I really believe a healthy mindfulness pattern is to separate thinking and then just being, right, aka feeling, as I'd mentioned, yeah, you get like on existing. Instagram and you, I gave myself like a couple minutes. Did I go down a rabbit hole? Sure. But I intentionally wanted to get on Instagram and find some inspiring content or a quote post or something that made me feel. Think about it. When I'm like, I tell Kevin all the time, I'm like, oh, I just felt good doing that. Or I feel like that was the right thing to do. You need to feel that's part of the human experience. You can't just be in your head all the time. But that's why we did this podcast. Like you can't spend 16 hours a day in your head, you're going to like literally cause yourself brain trauma and like cancer. I hate to say it, but like you're going to give yourself 
health issues if you're not feeling right. And there's a separation. That's so interesting that you consciously went to Instagram to feel something good. And I think it says a lot about you. It just says a lot about you, right? Because a lot of people associate social media with like a, a, a negative connotation. But for you, you're very particular. And I've seen this in the stuff you send me in like DMs and stuff to send like inspiring content or like, you know, uh, social uh, like these these uplifting quotes ab about society or life. And it's just interesting that you consciously go to social media to scout that stuff out. Like that's a that's a a place that you go to get your fix of sort of happiness. I listen. I think that's the point. You know, you have to be intentional. We've talked about this many times on this show. Even last episode, it's like once you have an idea of what these categories of your life look like. So if I'm looking for peace, I know what I'm doing. If I'm looking for excitement, I know what I'm doing. If I'm looking for intimacy, I know what I'm doing. You know, and not not that I know what I'm doing in the sense that like I know what I'm doing in life, but I know where I'm going to find that feeling. And for Instagram today, I mean I really gave myself 10 minutes and I was like, I'm literally just going to this app to find fun or feel good content. And then I looked for it and I found it. I know exactly what my Explorer That's page great. looks like. And I click on a video and I start crying. I'm literally DMing it, you, DMing it to you as we speak. Um, it's this guy getting married and he started crying because his wife was walking down the altar or whatever the frick you call it. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, I don't really do weddings, so I don't really know. Anyway, we can move on. Very nice. Yeah. So, okay, moving on because we can keep talking about that. Um, the fun part here, listener, is when we're going to play a little game here. Um, we're going to have you guys guess what my personality type is, and then we're going to have you guess what Justin's personality type is. So stay tuned for that, um, because I think it's going to be fun to play a little guessing game and see just how well our listeners know us and what they would imagine we tested for. Um, but before we get there, let's finish talking about these aspects. Tactics is the next one. This is judging versus prospecting. Now, how I interpreted this is judging means you're sort of creating, um, I guess, opinions or form you're formulating opinions based on outside information. And prospecting means to me like you're sort of incorporating your future so, you know when i think of prospects i think of future so maybe you're incorporating these judgments into your future a little bit um i'm not quite sure how that's different than judging it does make sense to me that these would fall under tactics sort of like how's it what's your mechanism for going about um like incorporating outside incorporating judgment from the outside world um, how that judgment is incorporated is a different story. And I, I don't quite understand how judging and prospecting are different, but maybe we'll read about that. Well, maybe they're married to each other. I think that like in order for you to judge a situation, you kind of, and this is, again, this is an awareness tactic almost, right? Like when you are able to judge a situation, and I feel like the only reason we judge is the same reason that we protects our, we protect ourselves and we try to avoid certain things. Or, you know, if you're in danger, you know what to do. It's like, 
you know what to judge out of a situation or what have you, but you do kind of like you have to prospect first, I feel like. Like you can't just go immediately into judging. I think it's a negative characteristic to just judge. You know, they're always like, don't judge so quick or don't judge a book by its cover. And, you know, don't walk into a room and immediately judge someone at face value. I think that's when prospecting becomes very important. You know, it's it's you kind of generally keep an open mind and you're just observing um, a situation or a room or a person and then you can make a judgment, but you do want to be mindful, to be honest, as to like why you're making the judgment, I guess. Like I typically think that the best people in the world are the ones who have such an open mind that they they're they have such an open, confident mind in themselves that they don't really necessarily have to judge Normally people are judging because of something that's going on inside or they feel uh, they're in danger or they, they have to do something about the situation or the person. You know what I mean? It's the only reason you really need to judge um, or if you need to focus on like how that situation or person is kind of affecting you, uh, you know, typically in a, in, a, in a like a negative way. But I think judgment. Actually, you know what? There's good and bad judgment. Prospect, yeah. I think, is just straight up like literally observing a situation or prospecting and trying to figure something out. But judgment, yeah. I think there's good and bad. Well said. And you know what's interesting about these sort of spectrums here, right? Because if we call them these spectrums, like introverted and extroverted seem like opposites to me. So it makes sense to me that they would sort of live on the same spectrum because you could fall on one side and or you could fall on the other and it would sort of be opposite in their meaning. Um, and that to me is like what a spectrum generally is, right? They're opposites. But I don't feel like observant and intuitive are necessarily opposites. I don't feel like thinking and feeling under the nature aspect are necessarily opposites. Similarly, I don't think under tactics here, judging and prospecting are opposites. I think they're two unique qualities that have some somehow been coupled very particularly um, to support this idea of of tactics, at least according to what how how they test for these sixteen personality types. So that was just something I noticed. But um, let's move on to identity. This is the last one. So at the end of your personality, uh, you know, when you test for these personalities, you get four letters, and then at the end of it, there's a fifth letter. It's hyphen and then a fifth letter, and this will determine um, whether you are what's considered assertive or turbulent. So I'd imagine that there would be either an A or a T as the last letter in your test. Um, turbulent, to me, from what I understand, it seems more like you get easily stressed out. Uh, you can be kind of reckless and unpredictable. Um, but assertive, to me, seems like you have more confidence and you seem more self-assured in how you incorporate all these other aspects into your daily mm. life. I completely agree. And you can interpret it however you want to. Sure. If you're listening and you're like, well, I can see it happening this way or that way. But I mean, yeah, similarly, turbulent, I think of an airplane and turbulence is typically a disturbance of movement or in like kind of an unsteady pattern. Right. So that's normally driven by uncertainty or not really knowing the direction or, you know, it kind of seems like things are literally up in the air, which is why I bring up the airplane reference. And then you have assertiveness, which almost sounds like certainty and things are kind of set in stone and already kind of a thing and you don't really need to change much. You know, I guess it's certain versus uncertain, to be honest, is kind of how I, I see that. But as it relates to identity, I mean, I don't know. And this is kind of where it's interesting how like 
I'm glad these traits are being brought up underneath certain themes or categories. But yeah, I, I turbulent is like unsteady or uncertain. And then assertiveness is certain or kind of set in stone, right? And kind of they serve against each other for sure. Totally. Well, now that we have a bit of an idea of of what these aspects are and how they relate to the final results when someone tests for these personality types, uh, let's go through the personality types themselves. And I just want to do a little bit of reading here and sort of break down what exactly we're testing for. So, um, Justin, I'm going to send you a link here. Pull up this page for me, if you don't mind. Is this in so, chat or text? This is in text. So these are the, I just sent it to you, but they're the 16 personality types. And I'll start by, let me know if you got it. I, I, I'll start by reading the analysts. So there are four categories here, and each category has four personality types in them. Hmm. So together, you know, four times four is 16. That's the 16 personalities. Um, did you get it, Justin? Oh, yeah. It's right here. Yeah. So I'll start by reading the group that's called the analysts. Okay. So... The first one that we have is what's called the architect. This is INTJ. The architect are uh, the architect is an imaginative and strategic thinker with a plan for everything. Okay, that's the architect. Yep. Next is logician, kind of like logic. INTP, innovative inventors with an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. And listener, remember, as we go through all of these, try and imagine what you consider Justin and I to test for. If something stands out to you like, oh, that sounds a lot like Kevin, or oh, that sounds a lot like Justin, um, then maybe you can put it in the back of your head and remember the name uh, to see if you were right, because we're going to tell you what we tested for. A little bit of a fun game. So that is the logician. Next is ENTJ, otherwise known as the commander. Bold, imaginative, and strong-willed leaders, always finding a way or making one. Mm. That's the commander. Next is the debater. Smart and curious thinkers who cannot resist an intellectual challenge. ENTP, the debater. Justin, you want to read the uh, section of diplomats? That's the next grouping. Yeah, of course. So there's also four in this category too. And you have advocate, which is INFJ, uh, which is a quiet and mystical, yet very inspiring and tirelessly idealist. Uh, which is interesting because the, the little figure here looks like someone from uh, Harry Potter. You have the meditator, right? Mediator? Uh, mediator, yeah. <laughs> you have the mediator who's poetic, kind, and altruistic person who's always eager to help a good cause. And then you have the protagonist, ENFJ, who's a charismatic and inspiring leader able to mesmerize their listeners. And then you have the campaigner, who is a ENFP, enthusiastic, creative, and sociable free spirit who can always find a reason to smile. So you have the advocate, the mediator, the protagonist, and uh, the campaigner. I love the the imagery that you were able to offer listeners to of the advocate kind of looking like a, a wizard from Harry Potter. It literally looks mm. like Albus Dumbledore does. here on, on the website. totally does. And then, you know, the mediator is like surrounded by butterflies and looks sort of like a hippie who's like lifting her foot up yes. and uh, frolicking in a meadow or something. The protagonist looks like Jon Snow or something from Game of Thrones. And then yep. the campaigner is like or a, Zelda, a, a Zelda from back in the day with the game station. Or yeah, it looks like Link or something. That's so funny. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll incorporate the images um, so listeners can get a better idea uh, when I read the sentinels here. So the next one in this category of sentinels is the logistician. That's a mouthful. Practical and fact-minded individuals whose reliability cannot be doubted. Looks mm. like a professor. Defender. Very dedicated and warm protectors, always ready to defend their loved ones. Looks like a nurse. The executive looks like a school teacher. Excellent administrators, unsurpassed at managing things or people. And then we have the consul. And the consul looks like a like a stay-at-home dad who's wearing an apron and like at the beach with like a birthday cake and a book in his hand. It's a very odd image. Extraordinarily caring, social, and popular people always eager to help. Mm. You want to take the last category, Justin? So that was Sentinels. And then you have Explorers, which I feel like is really almost a fun category. Kevin, I need you to pronounce this first one. I will never be shy to say I'm pretty dumb and illiterate, but uh, vert, what is this, Virtuoso? Virtuoso. Virtuoso. Okay, so we'll start with him. And don't and, judge uh, yourself. You're not dumb. I'll just... <laughs> one of the smartest people I know. That was a, Thank a judgment. Oh my God, it's I a love the podcast. The, I'm calling you out. That's right. Explorers. Uh, it just seems like a fun category. So you have virtuoso, who's a bold and practical experimenter, masters of all kinds of tools, which is interesting. He looks kind of like a GI Joe character with the bandana around his head with some sunglasses. You have the adventurer, uh, ISFP, flexible and charming artists always ready to explore and experience something new. I really, I can, I, I'm, I'm just feeling that's a lot of the people I know, probably Kevin too. You have the entrepreneur, which interestingly enough is literally under explorers, smart, energetic, and very perceptive people who uh, truly enjoy living on the edge. Interesting. He has kind of a spo uh a sport duffel bag, sunglasses on, looks like Johnny Bravo, which is interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't Bravo. take That's that as an so entrepreneur. Accurate. Literally Johnny Bravo. Looks like a celebrity more than an entrepreneur. That's right. But it's very Brad Pitt. Yeah. Then you have the entertainer, <laughs> spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic. Life is never boring around them. And this lady, uh ESFP here, uh has has a she almost reminds you of like a Mama seat that of Harlem, New York, with her, <laughs> her maracas and her her you know her her in the heights, it's hair. Like Washington That's Nights right. over here. Literally, That's so funny. She's so got two maracas. I'll be and honest. She's, she's like kicking her leg and winking, like yeah. Somehow multitasking, bouncing on one foot. That's hilarious. That's so. Funny. Those are the sixteen, Kevin. Which one's your favorite category? And then I gotta say mine. This is very interesting. I mean, there's like these are so you have the analysts, the diplomats, the sentinels. And the explorers, and I think it's so interesting. It oh, I okay. You know, it's hard to pick a favorite category, but I will sort of sum up based on these images um, of these little avatars for the listener of of what these categories seem to encompass as a whole. So, listener, it seems that the analysts kind of are the intellectual types. I mean, every single one of them of these avatars is sort of like thinking or like working on a science project or instructing or. You know, uh, like one of the, the debaters giving a speech at a podium, they seem very intellectual and academic. The diplomats, on the other hand, um, they seem a little bit more subtle. They seem more like to themselves. Um, at least that's the the vibe I get, like they're more introverts. Um, I, I have a tough time putting them all together, though. Like, mm. 
I mean, they're all very different people. That's kind of the fun part of all of this. I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. They look like peace. Like they just, they're they're hippies, you know? Yeah. I mean, as we think about personality types, I mean, it's also important to realize kind of how you navigate your world. You know, do you get along with analysts? Do you rely on the diplomats? Do you care for the sentinels? Do you, you know, thrive to be an explorer? I mean, the cool thing here is that as we've identified 16, which again, we'll put in the link below, um, not just the test, but of course, links to every type of personality and kind of where you can assess your own. I mean, sure, you might have your own categorized testing, right? Or the assessment, right? That we just took. But I think it's really important to realize who these people are. Like if there were 16 people around you that were exactly what we just mentioned of these different personality types, I mean, if you could and had to identify who these people were in your life, how do you navigate living around those folks, right? So if you're not the entrepreneur, but you have an entrepreneur friend, how close do you keep him or her? How do you converse with that person, right? Very true. You know, you have the executive who's like the person who, um, you know, spends most of their time building things and is an administrator and, you know, managing people and things and such. It's like, okay, well, maybe you don't vibe with the person who's like that, but you respect a person who is like that. How close do you keep that him or her into your life personally or professionally? I think that's pretty, uh, I I really wanted to state that, like, you know, there's, there's power to knowing that once you've identified these personality types, you're going to start recognizing that the people around you have these personality types. That's a really good point. And I'd almost wonder, are are personality types that are grouped in the same category more likely to get along? Like is <sighs> the logistician more likely to get along with the console right. because they're both sentinels? You know what I mean? Um, but let's keep going. Justin, what would you say as a grouping the Sentinels look like to you? Servers. I mean, like uh, it looks like a Ooh. teacher, a nurse, yep. uh, a principal, and someone who pretty much takes care of everyone by bringing them cakes and books and has an umbrella on his back as if he's like serving people. So Sentinels servers. to me are servers, people who do That's a great. lot of service-based work. And then what about Explorers explorers are the life of the party i mean all of their outfits are insane and one is a gun the other one has art and like paint and a you know paintbrush the other one has like gym bag that says sport with some groovy glasses like johnny bravo and you have this lady with the maracas i think they're yeah. the ones that keep life exciting they but... seem very grandiose yes yeah okay so listener hopefully you were able to listen to all that and assign Justin and I are personality types, and let's find out if you are right. So, Justin, drum roll, please. I'm going to let you know what I guess. <laughs> I am an advocate as part of the diplomat group, the INFJ, specifically INFJT for turbulent. Quiet and mystical, yet very inspiring, uh, yet very inspiring, sorry, can't speak, and tireless idealists, aka Albus Dumbledore with the, the wizard wand here. So what's funny is that I did a little bit of researching on the INFJ, and this is the rarest personality type of all of them. Uh, huh. Of the 16, only 1% of the global population tests for INFJ. And I think it can be as high as 2 or 3%. Uh, 
Um, but on average, it was somewhere between one and 3% of the population tests for advocate, which I was very surprised. Um, and apparently that has to do with the fact that their personality is so contradicting, which I was surprised to read about as well. Apparently, um, they're walking and talking contradictions. It says here, uh, as one of these stats I have, INFJs are easygoing, but they're also perfectionists, which are kind of opposites, right? Mm -hmm. They're both logical and emotional, two other opposites, creative and analytical. Whereas all the other 15 personality types sort of were able to be put into this box of like, oh, creative and more free-minded, less analytical. It seemed that the INFJ is equally both of a lot of conflicting things. Um, within the test. So something interesting, and maybe that's why not a lot of people test for it. Um, but I did want to bring that up. And I know this test is accurate because I took the last time I took this test was three or four years ago. And I tested for the INFJ T back then as well. So this is the it's been the past uh, four years that I've tested for this, this same personality. So there you go. That's my personality test. Um, now, maybe before we, I, Justin, what do you want to do? You want to list yours now, or do you want to talk about mine first? Um, Let's talk about yours know. first. Okay, so for sure. You know, one of the questions that I wanted to talk about, and and I wrote down here is like, how simply do I relate to the test? Uh, the, mm. I'm sorry, to the results. Um, and the answer is I do. You know, I find that. One of the problems that I've actually had with my personality is that I do find myself conflicted a lot of the time. And because of that conflict going on in my head that I seem to internalize or externalize, whatever it is, um, it actually leads to a lot of stress and mm. sort of turbulent behavior, which is where the INFJT comes in. Uh, so I do relate to the results. Uh, I definitely am introverted. I think I am tested for 62% introverted or somewhere around there. Um and I definitely feel um, a lot more than I find myself uh, thinking. Um, but it is weird again, right? Because that sort of conflicting nature of the INFJ, I, it, that doesn't mean I don't do thinking. I do a ton of thinking. Uh, and I would almost argue that I equally do both. But apparently I do a little bit more feeling than I do thinking. Mm. Um, and maybe that's because whatever thinking I do do, do do, I'm 12 years old. Um, <laughs> please tell me we'll cut that out. Um, uh, whatever thinking I do do, um, I find that I sort of, that incorporate is incorporated into my feeling and that informs my feeling, if that makes sense. Um, so do I agree with the results? Absolutely. I was curious, Justin, do you agree with those results knowing me? Knowing you now? Absolutely. I think that there's days where I've, I've seen you, uh, a little bit more in your head, uh, about certain things and then having to interpret certain situations, whether or not it was in real time or before or after the situation. I, I agree. Um, I would have seen you more in a, in kind of this, I was going to say majestic category, but it's not really majestic. I see. I, I thought you were going to be kind of in the sentinels category. Interesting. Um, I would have just, not have expected that just based around like what I know about you and, and, and your acts of service. But again, I think this is generally speaking, when you're answering questions, which hopefully everybody listening will, you know, you answer these questions very honestly, and uh, you do realize that this is the result that comes out of it. And uh, no, I agree with it for sure. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that. Um, yeah. Cause especially uh, the part about you grouping me into the Sentinels, cause I just have never really related to the Sentinels and maybe that's why I didn't test for it. That doesn't mean I don't appreciate acts of service, um, sure. but I, I don't think it makes up as much of my personality as something like that's right. Um, the diplomat category might. Um, uh, that's kind of uh, is where any... the majority of the percentiles lie is what the test will prove to you. Uh, but did you learn anything from the results? Yeah, I think I did. Um, I mean, I spent some time learning um, just, you know, I got like an email after I took it and it told me all about my strengths and weaknesses, my romantic relationships, my friendships. Um, and I learned a lot. Um, but I think one of the biggest things I learned um, was my quality of altruism, mm. which I didn't know that I had, uh, apparently, according to this. Um, it says people with this personality type aren't happy to succeed at another person's expense. Advocates <gasps> want to use their strengths for the greater good, and they rarely lose sight of how their words and actions might affect others. In their heart of hearts, they want to make the world a better place, starting with the people around them. And here's the thing. I always knew I was compassionate, empathetic, but this quality of altruism I hadn't really considered uh, which is that not only am I compassionate and empathetic, but I sort of am compassionate and empathetic to a point that I am like super moral uh, right. in, in this altruistic sort of way. Um, and I didn't think I had that high of a moral compass. Actually, maybe it's always been in me. Justin, can I tell you a really funny story that happened to me when I was a kid and has actually makes me think of this quality of altruism? Of course. So, I mean, I don't know if this necessarily fits within the idea of altruism, but it says a lot about my standard for morals, going back to sort of like the super ego that we were talking about in one of those uh -huh. last episodes. Um, but when I was a kid, I was maybe nine years old, and Club Penguin, do you remember Club Penguin? Of course. The biggest thing on the planet, Um, if you're a bit younger listener, Club Penguin was a computer game in like the mid 2000s. And it was like the biggest computer game on the, the planet. And basically, you could go on this virtual world uh, in the Club Penguin world. And it was like there was a town and there were yep. these igloos and you could visit other people's igloos and like have a, a chat with them, real users in the outside world. Uh, so it was like a social computer game. And I loved the the little mini games that were thrown throughout the the computer game. So there was this game called Minecart or something, Mineshaft. And your penguin goes in like this little mine shaft in like a frozen tundra in the caves. And he's like riding around like a roller coaster, like it's a, you know, uh, you know, some kind of it's just like a weird computer game. But I was obsessed with that game. And I had heard someone at school that day, and I was in the fourth grade. I'd heard someone at school that day use the word H-E double hockey sticks. That's right. And it was like the biggest <laughs> deal. I was like, I can't believe one of my peers would say that naughty right. word that I've been told was, you know, is a word that should never be used. Oh, right. And uh, I, it was really, I was thinking about it in my head all day um, at school. And then, um, you know, when I got home and started playing Club Penguin to wind down for the day. 
And um, I was like, you know what? If I, I I kept crashing on my minecart on Club Penguin, and I I thought if I crash one more time, I'm gonna use the word myself. I'm gonna yeah. say H double hockey six because my parents weren't there; they were like in the backyard or something. And I was like, no one's gonna know, and I'm gonna be naughty, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show my frustration by using H E double hockey sticks. And and I died in the mini game, and I was like, here I go, and I was like what the hell is wrong with this game? You know, like a nine-year-old kid, like just saying to himself, using the word hell for the first time. Uh-huh. And I felt this sense of shame rush through my body. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I just swore and cursed. Like, what is wrong with me? You know, I've, my my parents raised me better than that. And props to them because they really did raise me to be a good kid and make me feel bad about using that kind of language that young. Um, and I was so upset that I, I walked into the the adjacent bathroom from the computer room and I took a bar of dial soap and I washed my own mouth out with soap. A nine-year-old kid. Never, uh, so proactively kidding. washing his own mouth out with soap because he felt so bad for using the word H-E double hockey sticks. Isn't that crazy? And I've thought about that ever I'm 26 now and I I... It was like this happened 17 years ago when I was like a little kid and I still remember that. And like, what does that say about my sense of altruism and like right. doing the right thing? That's and right. So I don't know, like that was one thing that I did learn from the results, but I thought that a little funny anecdote and story there would, would help uh, show just how much this quality of altruism seems to be in me. Yes. You've proven that things don't change over time. In a healthy way, I think a lot of our personalities, yeah. as we're growing up, you think that you you know you grow up a certain way and like oh we change and oh depending on how you grow up and where you grow up like you're gonna end up changing you know don't you worry you're gonna grow into a new person every year and no I think a lot of times we keep the same traits and habits and that's why mine was the entertainer <laughs> and I knew that was yeah here's the drum roll. Justin's the entertainer <laughs> what a surprise I knew you were gonna be the entertainer man. I, I was, was looking at these. Per- it was yeah. so obvious to me. I was like, that's what it is. And remember us saying the entertainer was uh, spontaneous, energetic, and enthusiastic. Uh, and life is never boring around them. And listener, Justin. Okay, I'm going to say right now, Justin, I agree with the results. Because you are <laughs> one of the most enthusiastic and energetic people I have ever met. I literally cannot keep up with you sometimes, man. <laughs> like, it's like you've had like eight cups of coffee. And listener, I'm not even exaggerating. Like, life really never is boring around Justin. Um, and I think that's a testament <laughs> to the fact that you keep it that way and you make sure that it is that way. Uh, I really, that, yeah. That that falls under the category of explorer. And I feel like yes. even just you being as bold as you are, Justin, like you were like, I'm going to move to LA. And then we started hanging out more because you were in my neck of the woods. And you're like, oh, I got this great opportunity in, in the Hamptons. I'm going to be moving there. Boom. Like you're just, within weeks you like up and left and are taking on this completely new journey oh i'm moving to nashville like yeah you're just an explorer man it's in you well and and i i accredit that to my military upbringing when i was an air force brat you kind of have to be spontaneous i love the word spontaneous because it doesn't necessarily mean that you just get up and do whatever you want with your life it just means that you kind of take life by the horns and spontaneity i believe drives my level of intellect it has always driven my energy and but i was gonna say and i I mean but 
it really impacts your mental health. Like if you're if you're in the category um, that I'm in as an entertainer, and listen, if you're constantly changing your environment or you're so enthusiastic that you don't even realize how much energy you're giving to the world or you're so energetic that you don't realize what you're doing to your body day in and day out, you do need to be more hyper aware uh, really in any of these 16 personality traits. But as an entertainer, you're really you're giving a lot and you're really blurring out the energy. But I used to tell people I get energy when I give it. So I'm really happy to be this energetic, enthusiastic person. It usually comes turned uh, twofold anyway, which is really uh, an amazing thing. But in general, I like to be not necessarily the life of the party. I definitely want to create the party. Um, and I've gotten so comfortable being this guy who refuses to be bored. I just think life can be so boring. And if I can be the one that makes everyone feel like a little bit more happy, loved, excited about things or enthusiastic about certain situations. Or, I mean, I've taken people who are strangers in a random room and been like, Hey, what's your biggest issue right now? And we'll start chatting and I will help them get excited about leaving that corporate job or dumping that boyfriend that they can't stand, you know? And I get life out of doing that, especially at like a bar or restaurant or social setting. And I, I would agree with that about you because I think that you seem to you seem to be drawn to helping other people, but not in the same way that like a sentinel might, be, you know, where it sort of dictates their personality, but that it sort of feeds your sense of exploration and and um, like new experiences I to be able to for sure help people. And I just it, think it curiosity drives so many positive things in life. And my version of curiosity is talking to a stranger and entertaining them and making them feel warm, fuzzy. And like, they have a lot of energy after I've talked with them. And then I don't, I mean, this might sound bad, but I don't really have to see you for the rest of my life. I'm just glad that we interacted the way that we did when we did. And if you got energy and enthusiasm from me, then that was my role to play in your life. That's very, that's very wise. That's very astute of you um, <laughs> to have that kind of knowledge. And, and you know, I've loved doing it. I mean, I was a cheerleader for like seven years of my life. And when I say You're about hyping people up, you know, I love hyping people up and it's listen, it's, it's inherent. My mom was like this. My dad and my brother are kind of Snorlaxes in like the most loving way. They're just like, they don't really, do the same thing my mom and I do. My mom and I love finding a stranger or someone that looks like they're kind of bored and just making them like excited about their life. Yeah. So you and think there feels, are other explorers in your family? Just my mom, her mom, a lot of the ladies in the Crawford and Jimbo family, for sure. The men in my family, I'll be honest, kind of boring, but great. Got my mom's traits. I'm happy about it. But I just think that, and when I say boring, I mean it respectfully. I'm just saying that they're just not that excited. Boring about like the advocate. <clears throat> <laughs> well, different levels. Like, I mean, like, like you know, it kind of goes to the introverted extrovert, like the extrovert very much plays into the entertainer, whereas the introvert plays right. into yours, you know? Right. So true. So nothing wrong with question... other side. Just kind of cool to identify. Yeah. My question to you that, you know, I kind of, I, I guess this is the last question that I kind of wanted to leave listeners with, um, you know, because this is a mental health podcast and it's great to talk about mental, or I'm sorry, it's great to talk about these 16 personality types, but it's important sure. that we, you know, circle back and incorporate it into improving our mental health. So 
Justin, I wanted to ask you, is there anything, um, you know, whether it's something new that you learned or just some kind of information that you can take from this experience of, of testing on this 16 personalities site, um, what can you use to actually improve your mental health? Mm. I mean, two things. One is understanding the different types of personalities. I'm so glad we did this because something to me, uh, I'm, I'm, I love keeping things like this in my back pocket to know that someone is, you know, a logician or someone's an entertainer or whatever it might be. I, I, it's nice because when you meet people in life, like I believe that part of a healthy mental health journey is being able to navigate society to be honest with you. And all of that has to do with humans and the ones that you're around and how you interact with them and let them in or out of your life. So now knowing 16 types, I'm more than happy to identify those types day in and day out. Not that I'm going to methodically be doing it, right? Where I'm like, oh, that person's a logician and that person's really analytical. I'm sure they're following that category. That's not what I mean. I'm just saying in general, it's kind of nice to know. And then the second thing is that knowing your personality type, right? So one was external, this one's internal. I really enjoy the fact that, yeah, I'm an entertainer. So I want to hold up to that. You know, I thought you would have fallen into the, uh, the, the one that was about the artist and, and the person with the, the paint and the, you know, the paintbrush, although that's a big quality of yours, it's not necessarily who you are inherently, which is why these are more important because externally, Kevin is an entertainer and the artist, right? And the person that like feeds people with all of his shows and music, but internally it's an entirely different story, you know? And I think that's fascinating. And it's, it's another tool to hold into your life because you now get to kind of see where that plays in, you know, after you've taken the test for yourself. But I really love how this plays into the mind because I can confidently say the more you know about yourself first and the ones around you, the better you can navigate this society in order to realize like, you know, good or bad day for you. We have them all. So like good or bad day for you, you need to kind of be able to navigate accordingly. And a lot of that's going to come down to personality types, it seems. Totally agree. And I was going to say the same thing, you know, for me, it kind of all comes back to this idea of self-awareness that seems to be a consistent yes. throughout this season, uh, which is, you know, nobody's perfect. And that's a fact. We're all aware of that. It's definitely like a, a common saying, but it's true, right? And none of these 16 personalities are perfect in by any means, you know, like the INFJ T that I tested for, I tested for a turbulent sort of, um, you know, nature to myself or, or like that I can get stressed out easily or whatever. That's far from perfection, right? But I think if anything, it gives me the sense of self-awareness that, whoa, here is something that I, I tested for and that I now can put into words through the results of this test and be more aware, more self-aware that, hey, I have a tendency to get super stressed out um, in you know these kinds of settings. or the, And I can read about it on this website here um, and just understand that about myself so that next time I'm in a real-life position where I find myself getting sort of uh, discombobulated or um, just, you know, stressed out, then then I, I know that, hey, this is probably um, this sort of turbulent aspect of my personality that's coming to play. How do I counteract it a little bit more to find myself at equilibrium with the 
uh, more assertive on, on that spectrum, right? Because it's assertive versus turbulent in the identity aspect. So how do I get myself to a sort of happy medium as opposed to being so far off on one spectrum uh, where I lose sight of any sort of assertive quality that could be used to my benefit? And we remember the days back when our parents or anybody who was like an educator, maybe, I mean, knowledge is power. And yes. it doesn't just go to say that like, because you know a certain date of World War II when a specific person died and like put a flag in the ground, like that's amazing. I have no idea what I was even just talking about because I don't I don't remember dates very well and I'm not good at history. But what I will say is- Iwo Jima, I think you were talking about. Amazing, see? Is that what you're Kevin, talking about? Kevin is so smart. I have no hey, idea what I was talking bro, about. Bro, that just, is- I, yeah, and hey, you're half this Japanese. Is like that was in Japan, wasn't it? You're so good at balancing. Like I'll I'll give a random thought, and he'll say exactly what I meant to say, even though I didn't mean to say it, and then it makes sense. That's why we're co-hosts. But what I was saying was that when you're able to be so aware and uh, knowledgeable about yourself, I think that's honestly it's 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 arguably more important to be so much more knowledgeable about your EQ and your human experience and your health and wellness than it is to be about, you know, facts and figures that you can get anywhere on Google these days. That's my opinion. I love it. Well, I feel like I, I'm going to be honest of all the episodes that we were scheduled to do this season. This one was the one I was most excited about. You really think so? Yeah. That's how I feel. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I have too I because to it, get it out. It's so interactive and fun. It's to be so able to like fun. Test for a personality like that and be able to talk about it. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and folks listening, I mean, listen, we're gonna put it in the descriptor below. We hope that you take the test. This actually was so interactive. You're right. Um, and there's something to it where we're at episode eight now, and uh, have many more to come. But then this kind of model, a lot of the episodes we want to continue to do together. And I see it being, I, I see it only getting better. I mean, there's so many topics that we can be taking tests for, like analyzing or figuring out for each other that then in turn, Kevin and I's goal with us sharing our results, right? Our feelings, our experiences, our knowledge uh, is, is to then help you guys uh, or even motivate you guys to have these conversations at home, uh, in the workplace, wherever it makes the most sense for you. And more importantly, have these conversations with yourself uh, so that you can kind of be on this healthy journey of exploration. Uh, Kevin said it best in episode one. It's 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 self-exploration, you know, it, it personal development, sure, but self-exploration is so key uh, to living a very fruitful life. And I think we can try our best to help you, but it takes you listening to these shows, uh, these show episodes rather, and and seeing where it fits into your life, you know, wherever you are listening. So thank you uh, for clicking play. Uh, I'm sure Kevin's going to shove a donut in his mouth here in 10 seconds. Uh, but this was <laughs> way ahead of you. Right. This is such a fun. This was a really good episode. So thank you, uh, Kevin, for even putting together tests and sending me the test because I was like, Kevin, I haven't taken the test yet. I need you to send me the test so I could take the test. And uh, we did it. Yeah, we did it, man. And, you know, like, listener, we hope you get something out of it as it relates to your mental health. Always. That's the whole point of this podcast, as Justin said. And if anything, it's just a, a fun thing that, you know, grab a friend, grab a family member, take the test if you're just sitting on the couch and 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 ask each other, like, how do you feel about those results? Do you do you relate to it? Do you agree with them? Um, you know, did you learn anything new about yourself? And by having a dialogue with just two people, it, it can really spark some uh, positive change in, in my opinion it's kind of like enneagrams you know how everyone's like everyone's like what's your enneagram 
And then it was like, oh, I'm a three wing four. What are you? And then it sparks a whole conversation about how it relates to uh, them and, and self-awareness. And it's just fun. People love, if anything, it's just fun. People love talking about that kind of stuff. So take the test, grab a friend, grab a family member and do it. And we'll certainly and, uh, also, yeah. Side. Yeah. And um, I'll tie it up here for us. Thank you for tuning in. Justin said it, but we love you guys. And uh, we're going to get you more episodes here uh, relatively quickly. Right, Justin? That That's exactly right. I mean, listen, Kevin and I wanted we have we've actually made it, and so that it seems a little bit more personalized than other shows you might be listening to in the marketplace. But I mean, we really want to create as many episodes as possible that make sense for this year, particularly. I mean, we're in June, July-ish, uh, so then we'll get into summer, and we'll get into certain things around the holidays later in the year, and. We want this Luminosity show uh, to be a Trojan horse. As we've mentioned before, we mentioned that we're going on a college campus tour in the fall. Uh, we have other exciting events that we want to produce later you know, in the years. But this Luminosity uh, brand, sure, it's a podcast and we can't thank you enough for listening. But wherever you are, uh, we want you to come with us in person and we want you to take care of yourself and then use this luminosity brand as a resource whether or not you're on our homepage on a website or on the instagram or on the podcast or whatever it might be to take this now and to share it with folks right to have these vulnerable yet so necessary conversations around mental health and how people are and feeling and thinking and you know what i mean like it all kind of intertwines together which is why we cannot we can't stop luminosity where it's at at a, at a podcast. We have so much. No, to, we we, we, we got a lot of plans is what Justin's trying to say, listener. Right. And, and we do, we have been talking about what, where we want to take luminosity for months now. And um, just even where we've been able to take it as a brand thus far is beyond what I could have expected. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy about that. I hope you are too, Justin, and we're just going to keep the train going, uh, but it, it doesn't stop there. It, and, to be honest, it, it starts with your support, and we just want to thank you guys for that. You've been mm -hmm. very supportive. And until next time, uh, we are going to get you an episode next week. So if you are so kind to leave a rating and review, do whatever you want to do. Uh, we're just glad you clicked play. Hope you learned something. Uh, go take the test if you can. We'll link it right below. Let us know what you think. Uh, we'll be on Instagram at Luminosity Health Pod or Kevin G. Quinn or Hey Justin Crawford. Anything you want to share with us, uh, we love hearing from you guys, especially after we launch these episodes with so much, so much heart and thoughtfulness. And uh, yeah, Kevin, I, 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 I'm obsessed with you. I'm so glad we're doing this together. Yeah, and man. we'll do this next week. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.